Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening. Welcome to the stage. I am Dr. Pamela. I'm Robert Pierce. And uh, today we are just really asking a question, what is really going on? Yeah, what's happening? There's a lot going on. There's a lot. And um, whether or not we have um, the the capacity or the wherewithal to do something about it, it all begins with dialogue. So we're going to be talking about all of that today. Um, We are we're going to be joined by a special guest, the newly appointed permanent president of Morris Brown College. Dr. Kevin James is going to be joining us today. and we are also going to be talking about the Ahmad Arbery case, as well as um, just really all of the, uh, you know, um, issues I guess surrounding the coronaviruses, states opening, what's happening with states opening. I know Texas numbers went up in terms oh, of coronavirus oh, yeah. cases after opening. So um, we've got a lot to cover. And Robert mm-hmm. has a has a ses- uh, a segment. Nah. No, 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 no. okay, okay, well, but it's coming, y'all, it's so coming. keep yeah, watching, you know, <laughs> keep watching, the bag. yeah, yeah, but you know what, people have been waiting, people have been waiting, yeah. so, you know, it's coming, <laughs> it's coming, it's coming, yes, yes, so, um, so we have some research that we're going to be looking at, including um, intersectionality, so, yeah, I am a woman, and I'm a black woman, and I'm a Christian woman, what does all of that mean? in terms of how I'm handling this coronavirus and and all the changes that are going on. Our our identities really do make a difference. So we've got lots to discuss today. Yeah, we got lots to talk about. (laughs) It's going to be a great show. Everyone tune in, share it, do it, call in, dial in, whatever you're going to do, just come in, tune in, and let's go. All right. It's going to be fun. Yes, so tell a friend, stay with us, and we'll be right back. We'll be back. Welcome back. Live change. Oh. I'm Robert Pierce. <laughs> and I'm Dr. Pamela. <laughs> and today we are talking about our topic today is what is going on. There's so much going on in this world. We just want to take some time and kind of unpack what's going on. And Dr. Pam, we have a guest today, don't we? We do. We have a guest. Um, and our guest is Dr. Kevin James. He is the newly minted president of Morris Brown College, and um, he's going to be um, helping us a little bit with this conversation, but also giving us an update on what's going on with Morris Brown and, awesome. and really how Morris Brown and maybe some of the other HBCUs are responding to, you know, the yeah. this virus and what, you know, colleges have a lot of different things that they're trying. So it'll be interesting to hear what Morris Brown is trying to do. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited. You know, I would think that, um, our HBCUs are, are, have, are faced with some challenges, you know, that some of the bigger universities um, can overcome pretty quickly. So I'm interested yes. to hear with Dr. James. Yeah, just talking about it. So um, let's get him in here. Right, hello there. Hello. Good evening. How's everybody? Good great. evening. How are you, sir? I'm doing just fine. Thank you for asking. Well, it's so great to have you. Congratulations on your new appointment as official president of Morris Brown College. Yes, thank you so much. 
It's been a yeah. long 15 months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I bet it has because you've been working quite diligently to yes. to get Morris Brown back on track. So, you know, what yes. what have you been doing the past 15 months? I know that's probably hard to say in a nutshell, but. <laughs> wow, we've been doing so much. Really, I was hired to help to lead the institution to her, her full glory again, um, full restoration of the institution. And so that starts with us becoming accredited. You yes. know, when HBCUs lose their accreditation, um, they lose access to federal financial aid and quite frankly, they can't survive. And right. so Morris Brown College, we will be the first institution to earn our accreditation back 20 years post losing it. Mm. So we're going to make some history there. And, wow. uh, you know, people ask me all the wow. time, how in the world is Morris Brown open? And we've been able to stay open since 1881. It's, it's been a challenge, but, you know, we've, we're still here and we're still kicking and thriving. I love it. I love it. So what does kicking and thriving look like? You know, what, is, yes. what, what milestones are you striving towards, you know, right now at this moment? Sure. Well, we're working on our accreditation. Uh, we've been working on that for the last 15 months. Uh, we are going to be done with our final audit next week. And as soon as that last audit is completed, we will officially submit our accreditation application to a new accrediting agency for us, the Transnational Association of Christian Colleges and Schools. And the goal is hopefully this summer they're able to come down and they're going to vet what we said that we are in our application and in our self-study. And so uh, our goal is to be a candidate for accreditation this fall, October of 2020. Um, you know, it, a lot has gone into uh, doing that application, and, it, and it's really surrounded by, by three things, uh, governance, financial stability, and our academics. And so okay. we're really, really working to make sure that we're able to prove to the accrediting agency that we are an institution of quality. We always have been, and that we're going to continue to improve ourselves uh, as, as much as we can. Got it. Okay. So how has the, has at all this, this coronavirus impacted this process as all, at all? I mean, has it had any impact on what you all are trying to do? Yes, absolutely. You know, okay. it's interesting because, you know, we sent our kids home um, right when the coronavirus hit all the yeah. AUC presidents, we came together and we had a task force and we had very deep discussion regarding what we were going to do and how we were going to handle uh, the, the COVID-19. And so we made a collective decision that we were going to send our students home. And so we sent our kids home. Well, the week that we sent our kids home was our Founders Day week. Hmm. And Founders Day is our largest fundraiser of the year. And so this year, it definitely impacted what we normally can raise, um, you know, when, when folks come to Founders Day and give. And so it definitely has impacted our fundraising. You know, our kids are home. Our employees are working from home. We're still pushing forward, but it definitely is a change. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Wow. That's the, so um, the as far as um, what HBCUs are doing, what Morris Brown is doing, I noted that there's a lot of colleges and universities that, you know, for example, California has said we are not doing any face to face courses in the fall. Everything yes. is going to be online from here on out. Now, I don't know if how, you know how many other college systems are going to follow suit, but um, the, that's just one example of what kind of adjustments are being made. What do you know what's happening um, among some of the other HBCUs or what Morris Brown is doing? Yes. Well, I, I don't know what the other AUC schools are going to do, but I made a determination and I just presented this to my board two days ago that Morris Brown College will be 100 percent online this fall. 
Uh, we're gonna shoot for January, 2021. Um, and kind of go from there. Students are our top priority. We want to make sure right. that they're safe. And so we will be moving uh, 100% to online, continuing with online learning for the fall. You know, I think that's really smart. And, and to me, yes. it seems that there's a huge opportunity in this to become um, a, a premier online institution. I just read an article right. recently that said higher ed is really leaning in the direction and because of this coronavirus, leaning yes. in the direction to where those um, organizations that are online, uh, virtual are going to take over. Yes. Yes, yes. Online is, is, is booming right now. Just like we're having this interview like this. Yeah. I mean, the technology is there for us to be able to get it done. And, you know, schools for years have been using online learning. And this really just catapulted traditional model institutions to get on board. Yeah, this is awesome. So um, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the Ahmaud Arbery case. And I know that yes. you had some involvement with, with some activism with regards to that. So can't wait to hear what you have to say. Sure. Um, but stay with us um, and we'll be talking trending topics when we come back. Primary election. Lack of diversity. Gas prices. Michael Jackson. Trending topics. All right. So uh, trending this week among things. One of the things trending this week is um, just further developments in the case with Ahmad Arbery and uh, the young man who was um, tragically um, killed really murdered. in cold blood. Murdered. Yeah. And um, you know, of the new developments, and it's silly to me because the new develop developments to me have nothing to do with what actually happened. And, and the, that being, oh, there's new video of him possibly going into a house and whether or not it's him. And, you know, um, apparently these are, um, this is what the, the defense is trying to focus on. Um, yeah. But, you know, so the, the case, you know, just continues to unfold. Um, Dr. James, I know that you have, um, the, the, I, I believe, what, maybe two weeks ago, a week ago, um, you took a trip down there. Um, yes. You are a motorcycle guy. Enthusiast, I, yeah. Enthusiast, yes. Oh, wow. Um, and so your um, club, was it your yes. club or just, yeah, and, and you know, you were all down there. So I'll let you tell it, but, you know, exactly what, what were you all doing down there? Sure. Well, you know, I, I am a motorcycle enthusiast and my motorcycle club, we do a lot of community service. And one of the uh, individuals from that area put out a call that he wanted all the bikers from the region to come down for us to do a protest regarding the murder. And I'm telling you, I, I mean, within 24 to 48 hours, it was somewhere between 500 and 1,000 of us on motorcycles wow. down there. And we met with the family, presented them with, with some monies to help out. And we, we, we did a protest. And it was unbelievable the number of people that showed up from Atlanta, South Georgia, Jacksonville, Florida, mm. South Carolina, North Carolina. And, and we rolled down there. It was a five-hour trip. I went down and, and had a great time, you know, speaking up for for uh, for justice. Yeah. Wow. So when the how long did this it was like a day thing or yes. you know was they, okay. And mm -hmm. and so the group of people that were down there was there any other kind of whether was there political what were you asking for when you said you were protesting what was the was there an ask or was it just recognize that this is an issue it was it was recognition that we want justice and, and we stand it in unity and solidarity all the different motorcycle clubs came together. And again, we, we did have a balloon release for the family. We met with the family, made a presentation to them. The media was there. The news was there. And so we were able really just to bring visibility that yeah. we stood in unity uh, to bring light to, to a murder. Yeah. Quite frankly. Gosh. 
When does this end? <laughs> I know. Right. It's it's just happening too much, and um, I just hope this time um, that we can all rally together, um, black and white. It's going to take all of us um, to just say enough is enough, and find see find justice for this young man. Um, I I believe yes. it was a senseless killing, and you know, unfortunately, it hasn't that wasn't the only one, you know, going on in these past few weeks. Um, so we just got to be prayerful and stay diligent and. Um, yeah, something has to be done. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and as you mentioned, this isn't the only one. You know, we've seen several cases happen over the last couple of weeks, um, you know, whether it was, you know, led to death or led to just, you know, trauma, which is bad enough. Um, yeah. You know, is what is in the works, you know, if anything, to address this? I mean, we, we've marched, and, and I know we've said this, and, and there may not be an answer. No. But we've marched and we've we've rallied and we've done a lot of things that I think are incredibly meaningful. But what's the next step? And and Dr. James, I ask you this from the standpoint of, you know, having been an active member or leader of 100 Black Men and, and understanding, you know, what some of the challenges are, um, you know, with regards to Black men in this society. I mean, is there yes. anything brewing that, you know, we can do? Well, I think that the, the leadership must come together, like I mentioned, in solidarity and unity and make our voices heard. You know, marching. And, and Dr. Very... James, I asked you. Yes. Go ahead. No, I think that was just a glitch. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, m- marching is good, but it's really not just about marching. We, we need to hit it politically. You know, we need to make sure that we're going after the DAs that kept passing the case along. We need to make sure that we go after the system to make sure that there was nothing done incorrectly. Right. And so these are, we didn't just go and protest. We, we asked for specific things regarding investigation. Right. And, and again, we had the media there. I mean, it was media from all over there and we, we made our voices heard, but we also had specific ask regarding investigating everything that's going on. And, and, and I think that once yeah. we come together in unity like that, that we're able to, to push things forward. I think that's so important, uh, you know, and, and we do have people in positions of power in ways that we didn't have in the past. You know, we've yeah. got lawyers, we've got DAs, we've got, you know, people who are knowledgeable about this stuff who are at the forefront of this, um, you know, and so that's going to be really important as well. We have yeah. to know what's going on and get our hands in it. Yeah. You know, one thing that's very important to me, uh, being the leader of a historically black college, you know, in the 60s, HBCUs were on the front lines when it came to social justice issues. And and I would like to see more of that. And it's very important for me as the leader of the first and only black college founded by black people, that Morris Brown College, that we are on the front lines when it comes to social justice issues. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, we're, we're going to take a little break. We're going to be back with Dr. James, the new president of Morris Brown. Um, so glad to have him. Um, Thank you. You know, they expect great things out of Morris Brown. My wife is an alumni of Morris Brown. So oh, wonderful. And my roots there. And, but we'll be back with the live exchange. We'll be back, Dr. Pam. All we'll right. See you soon. <laughs> Thank you. 
All right, so the science today is, is going to be the research of um, Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw. And um, I don't know if any of you are familiar with her, but she is the one who coined the term intersectionality. And what intersectionality is, is looking at all of our, our different identities, our multiple identities, and understanding how that combination of identities creates a different experience for each of us. How is that relevant to what we're talking about? Well, if we think about how we perceive this case with Ahmaud Arbery, for example, or how we perceive this uh, the whole coronavirus thing, how does who we are as a person and the multiple identities that come with that impact our experience um, as, we, as we see Ahmaud Arbery? Am I a black male? Um, those are two identities right there, black and male. Um, am I getting or straight? Am I Christian? Am I Muslim? You know, what are the identities that come together that impact the lens that I see the world from? So that's essentially what Kimberly uh, Crenshaw is saying. And, uh, and one of the reasons why I'm bringing this up is because we had a really interesting Twitter rant that happened by um, Candace Owens. Are you um, familiar with Candace Owens? I know uh, Robert. Yeah, I'm familiar with her. Mm -hmm. Okay. So she's a conservative um, black female. And so again, we've got three identities we're talking about here. And her perception of the Ahmaud Arbery case is very different from what we have been expressing here today. Um, and so Candace Owens went on this Twitter rant. And um, essentially what she said in one of the tweets is Ahmaud Arbery was caught on camera breaking into an unfinished property that was owned by Larry English. His mother has confirmed that it's him in the video. Please stop with the quote, just a jogger BS narrative. Avid joggers don't wear khaki shorts and stop breaking into homes. And, and she just went on and on and on. And her tweets just got more and more and more visceral um, to the point where it was just even the conservatives you know, conservative blacks, black people were just like, nah, we can't co-sign on that. We, we just can't. Um, I'm curious to know, you know, from either one of you, when we have a, 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 a black woman um, who is expressing this kind of um, vitriol, I'll call it that, that'll be my opinion. Um, how does that, does it help, does, I'm sorry, does it damage the process or do we just kind of disregard you know do people take that seriously does that have any mileage um or is it just kind of like ah she's just you know so extreme it doesn't matter i think it definitely matters but i personally believe that it's a show i personally believe that she doesn't really always believe everything that she's saying because mm -hmm. she's she's positioning herself I, I don't know if she wants to run for Apollo. I, I don't know what her, pur her purpose is, but I believe that a lot of it is for show, just to, to, to piss people off, <laughs> quite frankly. Yeah. Know, get people it, talking. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That's what I was going to say. I believe it's, it's a, a ploy just to keep your name relevant and, right. you know, be on these various blogs and shows and all that. Um, and we've seen this. She's not the first one, and she won't be the last one. Traditionally, we through through history, you you can trace somehow someone will come in with these crazy thoughts, and you know somehow they get a platform, mm -hmm. and really we determine how long she gets her platform. Yes. Um, if we don't react to her, she'll mm -hmm. go away. Yeah, this you know, is true. She, and the the thing is, she gets to say whatever she wants. She has freedom of speech. She gets to say it, but we don't have to listen. And as long as we continue to listen, she's going to continue to speak. 
you know, one thing, one thing that she said, if I could just add one more thing is sure. one, one, one more thing that she said that is 100% not true is that he broke into the house. Uh, right. He did not break into the house. It, it was an unfinished home that had no yes. doors. Right. And it, interesting, just a week or two ago, I myself was looking inside a window of a construction home. Right. I do it all the time. It, I people do it all do the it, time. People do it all <laughs> the time. Absolutely. And I was thinking to myself, like, wow, you know, what if someone came up to me thinking that I was doing something? You know, you know, he may have been interested in buying the home. I, I don't know. But the point yeah. is, he did not break into the home. And I did some research on this. There were no signs no saying, sign. do not trespass, do not come in. Mm. I mean, it's, it's no door, <laughs> right? Well, right. The, the, the homeowner didn't even have a, right. a complaint about this. So right. it's, you know, the whole idea that he's he break, broke into a house, so we need to chase after him. I mean, the two really have nothing to do with each other. It, sure. it really is more of, we don't like Black people, so we had to chase after right. him. Right, and so it you become judge, jury, and executioner. That, exactly. that shouldn't happen over that, <laughs> over right. anything on the street, you know? Exactly. Right. Yeah. When we see the corruption of, of how this case was handled, things swept under the rug, things not taken care of. Um, I mean, it becomes very clear that this had nothing to do with the house. But, you know, I guess any defense team is going to come up with whatever, whatever they need to come up with to try to make a case. But I am a, I'm shocked and appalled that it would have even gone this far. Yeah. Well, the thing that bothers me the most about this entire situation is I truly believe that if we had not seen the video, meaning the yes. world, if it had not gone viral, yeah. that those two gentlemen would, I don't even want to say their names, would not be in jail. Period. Absolutely. The only yeah. reason they were arrested is because this thing went viral. Yes. And and that's the part that bothers me the most. But them being arrested is not enough. We have to get a conviction. And, and, you know, we want to make sure that we have the best folks going after them to make sure that that happens. Yeah, yeah. it just continues to highlight the systemic racism throughout the South and our country. Yeah. Um, it's, it's embedded in our systems and we keep seeing it um, for this to be covered up like it wasn't, as, as Dr. James said, if it was not for a leak of a video. Yeah. Um, but we've seen before that leaks of videos does not mean convictions. Yeah, true. Right. And so we, we have to stay diligent. And I, I, I really pray that justice can be served because um, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take. Yeah, enough is enough. Yeah. Um, you know, Dr. James, this is um, a, a young man who quite possibly could have been among the age group of, of students at Morris Brown. He's a little bit older, you know, but still. Um, it, it, it's close enough for, for students on your campus to be personally impacted. There's a lot of things that have happened at the student age in Georgia this year. A young lady being murdered by friends, um, you know, a, a shooting on another campus. So what do you tell young people who are trying to figure out life and they are seeing these kinds of things happening around them? Well, I, I always want my kids to be knowledgeable of what's going on. You know, uh, you know, I remember growing up, my mother would always tell me, watch the news. You know, I never mm -hmm. liked to watch the news. Watch the news and really know the issues and what's going on so you can know how to handle yourself in certain situations. You know, right. it's, it's nothing wrong with 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 turning up and having a good time. But you need to be knowledgeable and educate yourself regarding what is going on currently in the world. Be uh, up, up and running regarding current events. 
How do you answer the question that people often ask when we get it, when we are all as a black community upset that said, you know, oh, because an, another white person killed a black person. How do you respond to the pushback that people even in our own community will say, well, we don't say anything about black and black crime, but we have, we have an issue with racism. Uh, how do you respond to those kinds of um, critiques? Well, it's apples and oranges. We're talking about two different things here, right? Yeah. I mean, crime is going to happen. I mean, it's happened since the beginning of time, but we're talking about a purposeful going after someone because they were black, right? Yeah. You know, call the police, let them handle it. Now, in the state of Georgia, just in full transparency, in the state of Georgia, if you've witnessed someone committing a crime, you can make a citizen's arrest. But in this particular case, that was not the case. And so, you know, to 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 suggest that, oh, well, you shouldn't be mad about this because black people kill each other every day. That that is not a fair argument at all. Actually, it's ignorant. It is ignorant. I, I, and, and I would just add to that, that that people who are close in close quarters with each other, that's just they, they kill each other. I mean, that's it's not just black. It's everybody who. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, you know, um, so the other thing you just mentioned was about that law that's on the books in uh, in Georgia. And, and I. That might that need to be, you know, kind of erased. Do we still need that law on the books? This is the citizen's arrest. You well, know, it just seems like a dangerous thing well, to have. Well, I mean, you you know, we're in the I South. mean, if I see those two guys <laughs> shooting Ahmaud Arbery, am I going to now arrest them? I mean, you know, is it really right. that fair of a law? Is it really that cut and dry that, okay, now I get to arrest them? Well, legally you could. You know, you witness right. them committing a crime, right? But, you know, that, that's a whole nother conversation. You know, you can get, that can be a slippery slope as if, you know, can you carry a gun into a store or, you know, open, you know, carry and all those kinds of things. Yeah. You know, so it, it's a slippery yeah. slope. But, you know, in the state, the laws are the laws as of right now. You can you can make a citizen's arrest if you, you, you're witnessing someone commit a crime and they did not witness him committing any crime. Yeah. I think the lens that I'm, I'm, I guess, seeing this all from, including the quote unquote black on black crime versus, you know, an act of racism. Um, I think the lens that I'm looking at is institutionalized racism, like what we see, Absolutely. you know, and so when we have institutionalized racism, like you said, it's apples and oranges. We're talking about some maybe, um, you know, uh, equal footing kind of uh, crimes happening versus the system is is literally preventing justice from happening. Yeah. Completely yeah. out. And that's why this law worries me because we do have a, an issue with institutionalized racism and within that system, how can that law exist in a fair way? <laughs> All right, right, right. Uh, I don't know. So, yeah. oh, okay. Well, we are um, gonna have to go to a break, but um, I, don't, I wonder if I want to give Kevin a chance to, to give some final words, maybe after we come back. Yeah. Okay. Can, can we get to come back? Yeah. Okay. Just for a while. Okay. All right. We'll be back here on the live exchange with Dr. Pam and Robert Pierce. Welcome back. This is uh, the live exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela. And I'm Robert Pierce. And uh, today we have joining us Dr. Kevin James, president of Morris Brown College. I was going to combine a few different college <laughs> names right there. 
Morris it's Brown a tongue College. Twister sometimes. Folks might <laughs> say Morehouse. No, it's right. Morris Brown. <laughs> Morris Brown College. Uh, how does it feel to hear president without the interim in front? <laughs> well, it feels great. You know, um, I, you know, it's really overwhelming. I, I, probably got like a billion phone calls yesterday <laughs> congratulating wow. me but uh, it's, it's it's humbling experience and i'm so excited well okay. knowing the man that you are you probably answered every one of those calls and accepted I, every one I, of those congrats i absolutely did yes. you, you do your due diligence you really do and i, I commend yes. you for that <laughs> Thank you. dr james i have a, a question for you um now that you're back and morris brown is, is coming on the rise what what's your message to um high school seniors, juniors who are looking for, you know, to take the next step to college. Um, why Morris Brown? We've heard some horror stories over the years, but um, yes. what would you say? Why Morris Brown? Why should I choose or send my child to Morris Brown now? Sure. Well, the first thing is Morris Brown College is still an institution of quality. We are currently going through that litmus test right now to prove that um, our goal is to be a candidate for accreditation this October. So next year in 2021, we foresee being accredited, at least a candidate, and students will be eligible for federal financial aid. We will have proven that we're an institution of quality from everything A to Z, our finances, our student services, our fiscal stability, everything else. Students who come to Morris Brown in this next class will literally be a part of history. Hmm. Again, first school in history to ever come back 20 years after losing this accreditation, they will be a part of the journey of full restoration of the institution. Now, another thing that I like to say a lot is that Morris Brown College, we're not just a college, we're a family. You know, we have small classes right now. It's really not like a professor-student relationship. It's more like a mentor-mentee relationship because you might be in a class right now of five to ten people. That professor Mm. knows your name. That professor knows where you're from. That professor can really get to learn you and pour into you. And so, you know, these are just a few examples of why Morris Brown will be a great fit for students. And we encourage them to keep their eyes open regarding our accreditation Mm. and uh, to go to our website, morrisbrown.edu, and click on that apply button. Awesome. How how do students, you know, part of the HBCU experience is the HBCU experience, right? Um, <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, how does, um, how does, how do the HBCUs, because I hope many more of you all go online, how do you all maintain the HBCU experience while being online? Is, has that conversation been had? We're, we're delving into that, but we're going to make sure that we maintain our culture of an HBCU. Yeah. Just because okay. you're not in front of the person all the time does not mean that you still don't have all of those resources. So we're, right. we're going to bring back the fraternities. We're going to bring back the band. We're going to bring back the student services and the homecomings and step shows and all those kind of things. And so we want to make sure that we stay close to our culture. And uh, even though we don't, right now don't have dorms or a cafeteria, we're going to make sure that the restoration of the institution still is that of an HBCU. Okay, last thing before we go to break, because you got like 10 seconds, but is there anything that we can do from our end, from the outside to support what you're doing? Yes, please support Morris Brown College. The number one thing that we have to do to become a credit is to show that we're financially stable. So please go to morrisbrown.edu, click on that gift button and please help us out. All right, thank you so much, Dr. Thank James. You, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Excellent, thank you for having me tonight. All right, we'll be back. We'll be back. Welcome back to the live exchange. I'm Robert Pierce. 
and I'm Dr. Pamela. And we've been talking about our topic today has been what's been going on these days uh, with all in the news, uh, coronavirus. We had the um, um, RB shooting down in Brunswick. Um, so many things going on. There was another um, shooting, police shooting in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, so, um, yeah, that's what we've been talking about. We just had on the show um, the president, the new president of Morris Brown College, Dr. Kevin James, a wonderful conversation with him. And so um, it's been a great conversation so far. Make sure that you share the broadcast with everyone. Um, we want to hear from you. So let's hear a comment. You know, let's let's talk. What's yes. going on these days? Join us on the Sensation Station Network Facebook page. Um, yeah. You know, so the shooting that we saw in Louisville, is that the one that there's, that's also viral? In New yes, this is the young lady. Um, I, I don't even want to say names because I don't want to mess it up. Yeah. Um, but I, the Louisville Police Department was issuing a warrant. Um, unfortunately, they went into the wrong home, um, <laughs> into a home of a um, essential worker. She was a first responder EMT worker. Um, but when they went into oh. the home, um, unfortunately, the, um, the police officers was met by some gunfire. There were some um, gentlemen in the house legally carrying guns in their home. Nothing yeah. illegal, um, yeah. but gunfire, and, um, you know, ensued. And um, this young lady lost her life um, only to find out that they was at the wrong home, 10 blocks away from the home that they were supposed to issue the warrant. Wow. And so um, and Louisville police are saying, my bad mistake. Mm-mm-mm. And 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 I would imagine that the response to police officers coming to your door is going to be one of defense. Like, what are y'all doing here? Like, what, yeah. what you know? Yeah. Imagine you sitting home right now and people, police just busting your door. Mm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And and what's sad is that I did not realize that's the case you were talking about because I had another one in mind. You know, imagine that that there's so right. many that's, that's happening know, right there's now. So many. Yeah. Yeah. That's just you know that's awful. I mean, I am having a hard time. Like I, there was a point at which I said I'm not going to watch any more of these videos. I'm just not. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we need these videos to come out because, as Dr. James said, there probably wouldn't have been an arrest had there right. not been a video. Yeah, you know. and, and I heard the argument, you know, and I and I get it because I said it first was why didn't he stop the tape and help? But had he stopped the tape and help, we would not see anything. Yeah, you know. Well, so, yeah, there's also and the so, question of whether or not he was involved. Absolutely. Yeah, and so there's it's so much, and and that's what I mean is the, the um, racism is so systemic now, especially in the South. We know, yeah. we know, we live here, um, and. Um, Classic case of cover up, and I'm sure it's not the only one down there. Oh no, no, and no. and I'm sure that the family <laughs> members of other cases know that as well, Absolutely. but feel powerless in bringing it forth because we've got a yeah. system once again mm-hmm. that makes it very difficult to do that. Um, yeah, you, you, you know, you've got your life at stake. I mean, when when these two men were, one of them was a. a an investigator for the DA and worked with the police mm-hmm. department and all of that. I mean, it's, what is your recourse? Yeah. There's, you what know? can you do? Nothing. Yeah. You pray for a video to come out that, you know, there's no and justice in that. Of your loved one, you know? Right. It's, yeah. 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 And so I couldn't imagine the family members, the first one who saw that video, Right. you know, it was like, Whoa, look at this. That's right. not what they said happened. 
And, you know, the mother said she couldn't even watch the video of, of who may or may not have been him going into the house. You know, she couldn't mm. even watch that. She said, I just can't. I don't I, I can't bring myself to watch it. I can't yeah. imagine what it must be like to have a video of her son's murder on right. video. You know, yeah. it's, um, it's unreal. I, I, I couldn't imagine it. And I, again, I just pray for for justice, swift justice. Um, and and justice isn't just them going to jail, but right. justice would be some people getting fired because of this cover up and a yes. total re, re, um, haul of the system down there. We need to change the system. That's where justice is. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's justice now, not yeah. going to jail. Right, right. Oh, that's so good. I mean, and here's the other thing. Um, I was watching um, a documentary today and, and it was kind of, you know, <clears throat> black people fantasizing about how to be in a better world, a better situation. And one said, you know, it'd be nice if we can get on our own planet and there was no money system. There was no jail. There was no, and she listed all these things. It'd be great if there were no, you know, but at the end of the day, there's still human nature yeah. and there's still, you know, ego that goes awry at times. And, and, you know, that's really, I think the root of the problem. Absolutely. You know, yeah. That. It's the core of, of us as human beings. And, um, you know, what we've taken in, you know, through the years, you know, because some of this was taught, right. you know, it's been taught over generations. And, you know, until uh, I, I'm at a loss because I'm kind of frustrated. Um, just even I've been kind of distant because someone sent me an, an article um, about the aggressive policing taking place in my home, New York City. Um, and yeah. it's... It, the, it's it's ridiculous with the NYPD, the posture they're taking in the black and um, Hispanic communities, um, because people are out now, you know, and some are not social distancing, but the posture they're taking um, is is very disturbing, and it's a it's a disparity between the African American and Latino communities and the um, Caucasian other ethnic groups. Mm -hmm. Um, the posture of how they're even approached is different, and so um, it's it's really frustrating. Um, they're killing my, my my family up there. But and, and if you consider what it is they are trying to prevent, they're actually creating more of that by the aggression that they're taking. We're trying to yeah. make you socially distance. It doesn't fit the crime, right? You know, the aggression doesn't fit the crime. And yeah, and some of the things that I've seen is just um, absolutely atrocious. It's a matter of that that human, I hate to just point it to human nature. Yeah. Because it's not, that's not an easy fix. What? How do you fix, <laughs> how do you mm -hmm. fix human nature? You know, you can change laws and you can put people in jail. And for everybody you put in jail, you've got 20 other people who will do the same thing. So, absolutely. you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, it's it's a thing because, it's, and it's not just New York, it's probably any large city, any city. LA's um, doing it too, yeah. Yeah, you're packed, you, you know, people are packed in. We've been in the house for, what, almost two months now? Mm -hmm. And so folk want to come out to get some air, just to breathe. And But, you, you know, um, in New York City, in the projects, we don't have yards to sit in the backyard like I do here. Mm -hmm. And so you got to go to your front stoop. You got to go to your block and standard. There's nowhere else to go. Yeah. Um, and so, but you're being approached aggressively. That's not helping the situation. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just sad. And I, I, I'm frustrated. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that the way that, I, I don't know how you're handling your frustration. Um, the way that I've been handling my frustration is just kind of by turtling, just kind of going in and just taking care of me. And, you know, of course that feels incredibly selfish um, because, you know, there's a, there's a world out there uh, mm-hmm. that needs us. But then how do we also take care of our mental health at the same time? You Absolutely. know, where's the balance? Yeah. Yeah. And I've been the same way, but like I said, they just, these things just keep popping up. Um, I don't watch the news. I haven't watched the news in so long because mm-hmm. of my frustration and just being tired of so many things. Um, but, you know, when you get the alerts or you, you know, scroll up your Facebook, Twitter page and you see it um, okay. and you see it once, you see it twice, you see it three times. Mm-hmm. You're like, OK, what's going on? And then you click it and then you sucked in. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you have any heart, any bit of compassion, it, it brings you in. And so um, I just try to stay diligent, prayerful. And again, like you said, to keep my mental straight, because, um, you know, I can't do anything with mad. Mad will do nothing in this house. Yeah. So I have not to get in the house. It won't. <laughs> yeah, it won't do nothing. Yeah. So mad doesn't do me good. So, you know, yeah. I shake it off, watch something fun on TV, or just hang out with the family. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate yeah. what um, Dr. James was saying in terms of, you know, his club went down there to specifically push for this thing to be investigated correctly. And mm-hmm. and and if we feel like we don't have a lot of influence or a lot that we can do, I think that's one thing we can do is get behind initiatives that say, make yeah. sure we do this the right way. Absolutely. You know, make sure this is handled. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, it looks like we are at the top of the hour. So. Wow, that went quickly. I know I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, uh, so we'll be back. We'll Stay be back. Us. Live exchange. <laughs> Welcome back to the live exchange for the second hour. I'm Robert Pierce. And I'm Dr. Pamela. And we've been talking about today's topic has been what's been going on in the first hour. We talked about the Aubrey um, murder down in um, Brunswick, Georgia. We had a special guest here today. We had Dr. Kevin James, the new president of Morris Brown College. And we had a great conversation just talking about um, how Morris Brown, they're on the rise again. So if yeah. you have a junior or senior and looking for HBCU experience, uh, I would recommend that they consider Morris Brown again. They're working on their um, accreditation. They're working on getting things back in order. And um, we know there were some horror stories, but, you know, let's give them a second chance. They're on the right track. They made some tremendous changes, and I'm excited for them, Dr. Pam. I don't know about you. Well, the timing couldn't be better because now we're we're in a time frame where there's so many different um, technological advances in education. And so they can come back and they can come back strong if they utilize those technological advances. Right. So I think there's a huge opportunity for them. Yeah. And and for so many years, we've been hearing, you know, HBCUs, they're going down, they're closing. And it's good to hear one story of, you know, that one is coming back, you know, to be vibrant. Um, The HBCU, I I am a product of an HBCU, went to Delaware State, go Hornets. Um, And that experience um, was invaluable to me. And um, I would love to know that about you. Yeah, I went to Delaware State University, go Hornets. Um, It was an amazing time. and my daughter went to Savannah State for a little while. That That's didn't right. work out. But you know what? She still, we talk about it. It's amazing. 
um, even though she didn't, it didn't work out for her, she talks about her experience that she got at an HBCU. And in my mind, I'm like, mission accomplished. Mm, there you go. Right. You know, she didn't get the degree there. She ended up going, moving on to another career and finishing, praise God. Yes. But from the conversations I heard about just how she learned about herself and about, you know, African-American history and just our mm -hmm. culture, I was like, wow, mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, that's that's great. And um, and so you've got HBCU family. Yeah. Um, yeah, I oh, love yeah. that. That is and, you great. know, I had um, a couple of, I had an uncle went to Bethune Cookman. So, you know, it's just, it's amazing um, that HBCU experience. Um, I don't think there's nothing like it. Um, and I just want them to thrive. And I'm excited. You know, I said my wife, she went there. Um, mm -hmm. What I didn't say was she was part of the, you know, the, the mess up. Um, mm -hmm. And she got caught in there, and her financial aid oh, no. was stolen. But I didn't want to go there, yeah, uh, because that's in the past. But you know, we move on, and we're excited about Morris Brown, and I look forward to them doing some great things. Yeah, yeah, I, I think there's a huge opportunity. I think Dr. James oh, yeah. has a, a huge vision, and he's adamant about pushing it forward. So, yeah, those things of the past hopefully yeah. will remain in the past. We'll, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, look forward to a great future. So, I'm all Absolutely. for it. Oh I'm yeah. So speaking of education, um, mm -hmm. and I, you probably weren't watching because I'm into the real corny stuff, and, and okay. I don't think you're really into the corny stuff like I am. <laughs> but uh, no, but, I, let, yeah, let's put that out there. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You probably didn't watch it, but uh, CNN had a national graduation ceremony for you know all the students around the country. No, you know, I I, I want to stop you, but I was watching the ludicrous Nelly battle. Ooh. Instead of watching the graduation. Oh, so, but I'm well, sorry, that's, go that's ahead. That's a good competition, yeah, though. I can't even knock you for that. But that's the difference of you watching the corny graduation and I'm the cool kid watching that the party. So classic right there. Absolutely. <laughs> well, the, the, the graduation was phenomenal. I bet, though, that the, the concert was phenomenal yeah we had a good time there we danced yeah. but i'm sure because I, I do believe uh, president Bar uh, Barack, Barack obama yes. was a keynote so you yes. know, i would have loved to watch it but you know yeah. somebody had to lose sorry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well we, they were both represented on this show Absolutely. <laughs> so, all right we will be right back <laughs> Welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela. I'm Robert Pierce. And um, today we are looking at what is really going on, because there's a lot going on. And there's a lot going on. We have a lot to say about it, although I think we've both been kind of like, uh, you know, let me not just really put too much energy into that, because it's just been a lot. It's been a lot. Yeah, and I've really been trying to just focus on, and it's going to sound corny, but happy thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, um... I'm almost like that. Um, what was the movie? Um, the Wiz. Remember the witch? Don't bring me no bad news. <laughs> yes. And, and so that's how I really am. Um, you know, I, I look at my phone and people call me. And I'm like, ah, I, I, I can't do the story now. I can't. You know, just yeah. It's just for me. I just, I just want to laugh. I watch things on TV that make me laugh. Um, right. Listen to a lot of music. Um, I stay in my studio. 
Um, I DJ. What are you doing in your studio? Oh, I, I done made some beats. I a DJ. Oh, wow. We we had a good party Friday night here in the house while my daughter um, was coloring some wigs. She's a hairstylist. She does wigs, and so oh, she was yeah. coloring wigs, and so I provided the music, and we just had a good time, nice. and it was just so refreshing. I love it. Yeah, I love it. And that's what you got to do in your household. You got to create, create happiness, create positivity. You know. Yeah. You know, and, and I was telling a, a friend of mine yesterday about it, and they were like, well, you should have posted it live, and everything is in form. Everybody. For everybody. It was just right. a family moment, you know, me, the wife, my daughter, and our dog. That's who it yeah. was for. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> now, yep. You are absolutely right. Everything is not for everybody. Yeah. yeah you mm-hmm. know, and I, I hope everyone is finding, you know, ways to just stay sane, stay healthy, and have a good time, you, you know, I've learned my house is not a prison. Oh, it's a resort now. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I realize why I pay the mortgage every month, you know, so I've enjoyed it. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I wanted to come out of this healthy and I'm trying the best I can. And I just hope that our country can come out of this healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, you know, that's a good hope. Yeah. <laughs> and we will. We will eventually. Yeah. I think one of the p- more positive pieces of news that, that has come out is that they are looking at um, a bill, another what, uh, I, I, a billion dollar bill um, yeah. for another stimulus check to, you know, you know, further provide assistance to people. Now, again, is it going to be sustainable? Mm, probably not. Mm, people will right. probably get another twelve hundred dollar check is what we're looking at if it passes. But, um, you know, there's something there. It it, it at least tells me that the government has realized that what they did was not nearly enough to sustain people. Absolutely. I think that part of the, you know, all these protests that are happening with people who are angry because, oh, everything's closed up and open things up, open things up. Um, They've got all this anger. And I really think that that anger is displaced. I mean, that anger is towards who? Because the, the stores are closed. I think it's really more about, you know, businesses are hurting. People are going down because the government didn't provide adequate financial support, you know, for businesses Mm -hmm. to be closed. That's who you need to be angry with. Um, You know, that's who you need to be protesting, not protesting to open everything up, but protesting to provide the provisions so that if we We do need to stay closed, we're okay. Right. Right. Yeah. It's just, it just showed how, um, how um oh lord i lost my thought oh how how dependent we are on economics to the point that they was just asking two weeks and we as a country couldn't do it for two weeks because you know systems wasn't haven't been put in place to sustain us for two weeks imagine if we would have shut everything down for two weeks and the streets was empty for two weeks where we would be but people yeah. had to work, and I get it, and you know what I, I mean. Get it too. And that's why yeah. I say I get that you're mad, and it's okay to yeah, be mad. I get it. But I, I, I'm really going to need you to direct that anger in the right place, and and that would be to the powers that be that did not provide the financial resources necessary. Anytime, and I love the Lakers. I'm a Lakers fan, but mm-hmm. anytime the Lakers are the ones that get the the small business association funding. 
Right. And the small businesses don't get it. Like the Lakers mm-hmm. gave that money back because they got the funding. Right. And then when they got the funding, they realized, oh, shoot, all these small businesses didn't get it. I commend them for giving it back. Me too. My yeah. problem is with the system that even made it possible for them to apply. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I was I always feared that when it first came out, it's like, watch the corporations grab up all that money and the little guy is going to get nothing. And exactly should- what happened. Yeah. How is that even possible that the big corporations were able to get an SBA, Small yeah. Business Association, loan? How did that even? Because <laughs> um, they was they was at the table when the whole system was set up, and they made that loophole that anybody you know that the big guy is going to get their piece of the pie. You know, a lot of folks, believe it or not, a lot of people are making money now. I saw something. We're going to get ready to go to a break. So, but I'm going to say something. Uh, when I come back, I saw something that I don't know is disturbing or not, but it just shows um, that there are winners and there are losers in this thing. So we'll be back here on the live exchange with Dr. Pam and Robert Pierce on the Cessation Station. And we'll be back with more talk. I'm Dr. Pamela. And Dr. Pam, what do you have for the research today? What's going on? Well, and so it's really interesting because OpenTable.com, I use them. I, I don't mm-hmm. know if you know what that is, but it's you make reservations for restaurants and so forth. Yes, I use them well, often. Yes. So the president of that company released some research that they did that basically said that as a result of this uh, coronavirus and shutting down and all of that, um, 20% of businesses are likely going to permanently shut down as a result. 20% of businesses likely to shut down. So a lot of uh, restaurants. So a yeah. lot of the restaurants that we love that might be mom and pop restaurants, we might right. not see anymore. And it's really sad because those are kind of the best restaurants, you know. Absolutely. The change are probably going to be fine. But yeah. So yeah, so it's that the it's the mom and pops that's gonna hurt, and right. um, and I'm sorry I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was gonna say so. That's pretty much it. Just you know, the short and sweet, easy. But 20% of the restaurants that uh, um, that they you know are, are slated to close permanently. Yeah, um, and, and it's unfortunate. Um, you know, there's a couple of my mom and pop restaurants in my immediate neighborhood, and I believe they're hurting. Um, one of them I went to the other day just to support, you know, mm-hmm. and you could just see it, the strain, you know, how they were so appreciative that somebody would even come, um, you know, and, you know, it's, it's tough. And and unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of losers, but there's going to be a lot of winners, too. And and as I was saying before the break, I um, saw an article that um, the owner of Amazon, Jeff Bezos, is on tap to be the first trillionaire ever in history. Um, and as direct result of the exponential growth of Amazon within this coronavirus. Um, as and you I said, Dr. Pam, yeah, um, <laughs> my family, that's, you know, transparency, they, they could knock on my door a lot too. Um, yeah. But there's clearly something happening that there's winners and losers. And I don't think it's by accident when systems are set up that the LA Lakers can get a loan before a small business in our neighborhood, you know, a small business loan they can get, (laughs) 
You know what I mean? Um, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And so that just says that there's a lot of money being exchanged that unfortunately a lot of us are going to lose and it's going to be in our um, black and brown communities. Um, mm -hmm. I, some of it is our lack of knowledge. We don't know where to apply, when to apply, or who to who should apply. Um, but some of it is that when we're applying, we're being denied, unfortunately. Um you know, but there's there's funds to be out there for anyone who's a business owner. Please do the research. There are funds um, that you can um, get. There are loans. There are loans that they're even forgiving um, up to ten thousand dollars that you don't even have to pay back. And so, if you are if you are a business owner, um, please look into that. Whether you're a big or small business, don't diminish the size of your business or how um, new it is. Be, or how new it is, please mm -hmm. apply. The funds are available. Um, the Bible says our people perish for lack of knowledge. And unfortunately, um, we're unknowledgeable. But we know when the new Jordans come out. We know, mm -hmm. you know. There's a line so for that. Even we in, know when the, in the coronavirus. Right, you yeah. know. And I, and I was on it. But we know when the latest um, battle is coming on on Saturday mm -hmm. nights. But we don't know how to get some money back and, you yeah. know, position ourselves so that we don't have to depend on people. That's the one thing. And I'll stop before I get on the rant. Um, Please do. My one takeaway, <laughs> my one takeaway from this is, is like, okay, I have to reposition myself. And I, and I'm coming out, praise God, fairly well in this so far, but I'm like, okay, I really have to position myself a little better that I don't have to depend on stimulus checks. I don't have to depend yeah. on that that I have the cushions and the systems set in place, internal systems that I can maintain. And so, and I hope that others get that same message yes. because unfortunately um, a lot of people thought they were getting over, over the system, but only to mm. find out that now um, it comes back to bite you because you're not eligible for certain mm. programs because, you know, you backdoored them all these years and you thought you was being slick. Woo! <laughs> that is big. You just you just told somebody story. <laughs> yeah. You just told somebody's business. <laughs> you know, I, I I'm seeing fights on on YouTube because I'm you know on social media because um, people let others use their children, you know, mm -hmm. to get income tax checks years ago. So now yeah. when now when that five hundred dollars per child came up, now they want to fight because right. you know I want that money. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Money, you know, government money or something, you're back on your taxes or Yeah, child you didn't support. pay your child support, you yeah. know, all that. And now it's really coming to bite you. And so we have to be careful. Um, you know, it's very clear. There's a clear law in this earth. Whatever you reap, you will sow. Mm -hmm. um, some call it karma. Whatever it is, what yeah. goes around comes around. Right. And, you know, we have to do right when it's in the good times so that when the bad times come, we're prepared and we can sustain and maintain. And this, is, this is so evident of that right it's now. It's so evident, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I promise myself and God I won't get caught like this again. Hmm, yeah. Yeah, man, this is a wake-up call. You know, I wonder if... Are we, so my first response when you said that Bezos is probably the first trillionaire, my first response was to shake my head like, you know, as if that's a shame, that's a bad thing. So I'm wondering, though, is it truly a bad thing? Because if I was the one that became the first trillionaire because my business just picked up because of this, mm -hmm. and it did, and I have experienced a lot of you know, prosperity, 
as, mm-hmm. a, as a result. I, I mean, can we be mad at them? Can we, you know? No, he took advantage. He didn't break any laws. Um, he took advantage of every law that was in this country, and he built a business that now is worth, you know, over a trillion dollars. I get it. You yeah. know what I mean? But I'm sure in getting there, there was some backroom deals. Oh, yeah. All right. You, you, we got to go to break. Why would you say that right on the break? Because that's good. <laughs> All right. We'll be back. We'll be back. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Kamala. And I'm Robert Pierce. And today we are talking about what is going on in the world and um, really just kind of giving our own uh, take on it and, and how it's yeah. uh, how we're dealing with it, how we're addressing it. So um, the last thing Robert said before we went to break is that um, we talked about uh, Jeff Bezos, who's um, slated to be the first trillionaire. Trillionaire, yeah. I don't even know we hadn't had a trillionaire yet, but I guess that's a lot of money. So That's a lot of money. Like, what do you do with all that money? What do you do with a billion? Like, what do you do? Like, what? I would hope you would share. Yeah, because you don't need it. Right. You don't need it. Yeah, right. and and so and and that's when we right at the break you was saying you know it's not a bad thing. No, make your money. You're doing everything legal so far that we know of. That we know, um, of. That we know of, and so you know, make your money. We're in a capitalist society, but my mm-hmm. thing is, are you sharing? Um, are you know, have you have the are the employees who are the essential workers all of a sudden, you know, delivery people are essential workers. That's I wonder I mean. how that got through. Yeah. Okay. Right. That's a whole nother thing. <laughs> but he <laughs> went to see, <laughs> Yeah, he went to see our president before all this went down to make sure that his business was gonna be an essential worker business mm-hmm. and you know, made that happen. Um, but is it being trickled down to the people who are actually putting their lives on the line to deliver yeah. these packages of stuff that we really, a lot of the stuff we really don't need? Let's keep it real. <laughs> Why are you talking about business? No, and I'm talking 90% of the packages that come to my house are not necessities. <laughs> Look, I needed that T-shirt. Yeah, I'm sure. The Lakers. Right. I needed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like I needed that special (laughs) ring um, selfie stick, you know, with the light on it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you you need that. And, you know, I need that other thing, that rubber band holder that just looks so nice because it's Star Wars or something crazy that, you know, that is prime and that I can get it in the next day. And so, you know, and and I get it. We, you know, we try, we're all trying to cope here. It's coping. Um, yeah, yeah, it like, is. It's definitely. I got a badminton set, so me and my daughter can play outside in the yard. I mean, do we need it? Need it? No, but coping. Right. Absolutely. And so yeah. I'm, I'm making light of it, but my my point is, I hope that um, that you know those who are doing well, you know, it trickles down. We True. go back and help those who are struggling because there are people really struggling. You know what I mean? Um, there's food lines. There's, there's a food shortage. People don't understand that. Um, there's, there's a lot of people that are not eating, yeah. you know, and um, that line, those lines are are shocking. Um, yeah. of the co- line of cars of families for even first time families who are getting food, you know, yeah. because food pantry because they just they're struggling. There, yeah. there is no reason why we should be in this situation. The government should have taken care of the, the this 
how do you not anticipate so many people will be hungry and out of work and not getting paid? Right. Yeah. And basic needs, food. We all have to eat. This should be food. Um, there should have been surpluses of food. You know, um, you know, at our church, we, we, we give our food at our food pantry every week. The lines just get longer and longer and longer. I'm talking about hundreds of families that we're seeing. Um, and, you know, you hate to turn people away, but you run out of food. Right. Well, you know what? One initiative that um, the president just um, partnered, it just kind of, uh, I don't know if he created the partnership, but I'm sure he didn't initiate it. I, I'm just sure he didn't initiate this, but it should have happened a long time ago. But it's mm -hmm. a partnership with farmers who've had to throw out food because now they're not getting orders yeah. from restaurants. And it's a partnership with farmers and uh, food distribution, you know, to help families who mm -hmm. are hungry. It's like, duh, like this should have happened two months ago. Absolutely. Uh, you know, two months worth of excess food. Uh, I watched uh, something about a farmer who had to get rid of all the milk um, mm. that they had for months, you know, or for weeks, yeah. I'm sorry. And my gosh, how many people could have used that? I used that, absolutely. You know, um, you know it, it blows my mind, you know. And so let's, my prayer is that on the backside, that the small guy who, the one who, you know, took all the rest during this, all these essential workers, that they're reciprocated in a tremendous way. I think if you are have a student loan and you're in the in anything, you was an essential worker, student mm -hmm. loan forgiven. Yeah. You know, especially in the medical field. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you student know what loan. I did notice that my student loan company and I didn't ask for it. So this is um something that I guess probably isn't getting reported. Um, but it was an automatic forbearance it wasn't a forgiveness but it was an automatic yeah. forbearance where i didn't even know i was looking at my account like how come my student loan payment didn't go through this month because it's an automatic payment mm -hmm. and i had to investigate and i logged into my account and said oh yeah you're you're automatically put on forbearance they're just doing yeah. that for everybody right now which is just great you know i think mm -hmm. that's awesome um you know for people who definitely need it because you know it's not a forgiveness though right and and there yeah. probably is interest i don't know if there's interest being accumulated at this time but you know that's something it's something mm -hmm. absolutely so, but imagine yeah. if they just said okay if you you work in a hospital any medical facility we're yeah. forgetting your student loans totally should be done without question absolutely. you know what i mean come on yeah. that'll that'll really bless some folk yes you know absolutely. um i believe this is my belief we can wipe the whole slate clean and say, okay, everybody from this point on, you don't owe nothing. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? We're starting from now. Right. Right. So, I mean, I, I wonder, like, you know, where, who would it hurt? I, I don't know. It's a real question. You know, who would it hurt if that were to happen? Is there, um, you know, are there people that wouldn't get paid if student loan money didn't come in? Where does that money land? Where does it sit? Who does it fund? You know, once I make my payment, I want to know where it goes. Mm -hmm. Good question. It goes into a, a black hole. We don't know where our student, where, where it funds, right? Yeah. It's something worth investigating. I might investigate yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good question. Where, you <laughs> yeah. know, where does it go? Um, yeah. Wow, I, I'm interested to know that. But, you know, yeah. forgive it. That's I'm sorry, if you hear anything in the background, my puppy is having a ball down here playing. <laughs> um, but we'll be back um, shortly. We're going to come back with more discussion here. We're just talking about what's going on in the country, in this world now, with this COVID virus. Um, 
And uh, we'll be back here on the live exchange with Robert Pierce and Dr. Pam. Thank you very much. Welcome back to the live exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela. And I'm Robert Pierce. And uh, we are talking about what is going on in the world. And um, among the last things that we were talking about were student loans and, you know, what's going on with that? Where are those going? Is it beneficial? Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't hurt anybody if somebody just said, you know what, just forgive them all. Forgive just them all. Forgive them all. Yeah. You know, you know, we found the trillions of dollars to get the stimulus, and we're talking about another stimulus. You know, we're finding money somehow. Yeah, look, if we went to war, literal yeah. physical war, we would find the money for that. In my Absolutely. mind, this is we are at war right now. We are at war, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I found it funny that we couldn't find money to fix the water in Flint. There's a lot of stuff we couldn't oh. find money for, <sighs> but, you know, we find it when we we need it. Yeah. When we want it, let's let me say it that way. We find it when we want it. When it's beneficial to the powers that be, is the when powers we find that be right. absolutely right. But the, yeah. you know, the folk in Flint, you know, they were poisoned, and they still are being poisoned. They still that, are being poisoned, and they can't. We can't fix pipes. Yeah, you know that gives people jobs. Let's go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> mind blowing. <laughs> And yet not surprising. So one of the things that um, my brother is uh, a conspiracy theorist. I am a conspiracy theorist myself as well, but mm-hmm. maybe not quite as much as he is. And and he was, you know, we were going back and forth a little bit and he was saying, but you can't tell me that there's nobody that is like intentionally benefited from what's happening from the virus. Like they didn't know ahead of time and they didn't, you know, put things in place to make sure they were good. And I said, you know, I totally believe that. I don't know who oh, they absolutely. are. Absolutely, Yeah. You know, uh, people are pointing at, just you know, Bill one, Jeff Bezos. And, right. Jeff Bezos, you know, absolutely. Bill Gates has been warning us about a pandemic since, I don't know, 2016, mm-hmm. if not sooner than that. Uh, and so, so that was one of the people my brother was pointing out. Well, look, he's been, you know, he put it, he positioned himself. I said, look, he's been warning us for years that it would be wise for him to position himself if he really believed that this was coming and yeah. he's been shouting it from the rooftops. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, heck yeah, if I was him, I would have done the same thing. Absolutely. If nobody's listen, I'm going to position myself. Yeah. Had I known, I would have positioned myself. Let's be real. You know, I would love for the headline to be Robert Pierce, miracle billionaire. You know, right? In the midst of COVID. That would have been great news, wouldn't it? And, and you know why it would have been great news? Because Robert Pierce wouldn't have hoarded all that money to himself either. Absolutely. You know, he find a way to yeah, make sure to, that... to share, to make sure everybody else is okay. You know, once you get it, give it back. But uh, we'll be back um, after this um, brief um, break we're going to take and we're going to come back and with the balance challenge, um, I believe we're going to come back with. But we'll be right back on the live exchange with Robert Pierce and Dr. Pam. Keeping your balance with Dr. Pamela. Dr. Pamela. Dr. Pamela. All right, so today's balance challenge is, um, it's really connected to what we're talking about today. I just borrowed the balance challenge literally from the words that came out of Robert's mouth shortly ago. (laughs) Yeah, and that is, if you are benefiting from this virus, from whatever is all, you know, all that's going on, I want you to give back. Figure out how you can give back. Don't benefit in a vacuum. Don't do it, you know, by yourself. Allow somebody else to benefit because you're not benefiting for no reason other than to be able to bless somebody else. So find a way to do that. 
Um, I don't mean give it all away because obviously you'll need some for yourself, but mm -hmm. find a way to bless somebody else. That's a challenge, plain and simple. I accept that challenge. That's what I, I do mean. too. I do too. So that's what I expect you all to do this week. Figure out yeah. how to give it. Share. Let's share. Yes. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Robert Pierce. I'm Dr. Pamela. And we've been talking about, our topic has been, what's been going on in the world today? We've been talking about a lot of um, the new headlines, you know, the um, tragedy down in Brunswick, Georgia, and in Louisville, Kentucky, all that's going on with this COVID-19. And, you know, people just trying to do the best they can. Um, there's been some winners, but there's definitely been some losers. And um, so that's what we've been talking about. We had... Um, a special guest today was Dr. Kevin, um, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, Kevin James, excuse me, um, who is the new president of Morris Brown College, and um, had a wonderful conversation. And, but Dr. Pam, um, before we go, we're almost coming to the close, and um, I just want to ask you a question: Have you been watching the documentary on the ESPN about the Chicago Bulls, The Last Dance? Yes. Um, it's been an amazing documentary. It's been a lot of talk on social media and all that. Um, you, I believe you grew up in that era too, right, Michael? I Jordan? did. Like that yeah. was my era. Like for basketball, that's when I used to like loved basketball. I love it now, but not like I did then. Yeah, it, it's been yeah. different. But for me, it's just been. You know, we always you hear the argument about who's the goat and all that. Um, this documentary locks it in for me. Michael Jordan is the goat, um, and and reason being, and not just because of his play. But the mentality he put in his mind yeah. that every day I'm going to leave it all out there, no matter what he did. Um, the same attitude he took on the basketball court, we found out he took gambling. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? And it wasn't it's, just it was consistent. <laughs> it was consistent over the yeah. board, you know. And mm -hmm. one thing he said that stuck to me um, and he, it brought him to tears. He was like, this is just how I played. You don't have to play like that. Mm. But that's how I play. Um, yeah. And, you know, I've, I said to myself when I heard that, I wish I could have had that mentality. And in, in just in my life, this is how I play. I yeah. go hard. That's right. right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Did, yeah. did anything stick out to you, you know, watching it? <laughs> you know, so I was a part of the whole Lakers-Bulls rivalry, you know, that went okay. on for a while. And, and I, I, I probably should be embarrassed to say this because I've always been a Lakers fan, but I have also always been a Michael Jordan fan. So yeah. during that rivalry, it was really hard for me because I love the <laughs> Lakers, but I love Jordan. So while I had my Lakers jacket, I also had a university of North Carolina jacket. That was very proud yeah. of that. I used to do. Oh, and this is white jacket with the, the light blue. I'm I, I loved me some Michael Jordan. Um, mm -hmm. His his um, story of even I don't, I don't this wasn't even covered in the documentary because I watched another documentary of him when I was in high school. I was a basketball player, so I was very mm -hmm. much into players. Um, he stretched himself. He used to stretch himself so that he can be taller. Yeah. And I don't know if it actually worked, but he became taller. But that's how determined. Mm -hmm. When you talk about how determined this this guy was. He was that determined that yeah. not only I'm going to put my all on the court, but I'm going to figure out what I need to do. <laughs> I'm going to figure out what I, 
Yeah, to get an yeah. advantage at any yeah. cost. He always he, he kept he keeps talking player. about I, I want to win at all costs. Players, you know, um, and he all costs himself. meant all costs to him. He's stretch right. himself, right? So that he exactly. I think we're hearing some feedback. Yeah, um, I'm hearing you say stretched again. <laughs> right, right. Like, what's that? <laughs> but you know, I also um, appreciated the, how they would highlight certain players, like Scottie Pippen, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I love his humility and how he was just like. I am. I know I'm number two. Like I know I'm the second runner. Like I don't expect to be Michael Jordan. Like that is the perfect yeah. sidekick to have. And mm-hmm. and they were the, they were the perfect combination for second, You know. And so I loved his humility. And then I love the story of Dennis Rodman. You know, mm-hmm. and and just what he brought to the team. And and so no, I think this the series is done beautifully. Yeah, it's amazing. Just the culture that was created and the um, the ultimate architect of the whole thing was Phil Jackson. Um, yeah, you know Jackson. how he can match personalities and all that. And so I I I just pulled out so many leadership um, mm-hmm. principles just from watching this. Um, yeah. You know, getting the right team doesn't mean you have the most talented players, but you have players who can fit into their role. Um, accept their role and and work at their role. So when it, when their number is called, they were ready, you know. And time and time again, I just see there, you know, how many times we have teams and you know we feel we have to do everything. Yeah. But, you know, Michael yeah. had to learn that you know trust your team, pass the ball. You know. So um, I can't I can't resist. I I have to correlate this to what's happening in the White House. Like I can't okay. resist. Like like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, yeah. If Phil Jackson was our president, what mm-hmm. he would do is allow the person who specializes in whatever it is that we need to be at the forefront. He would encourage forefront. they got to pass the ball. So Fauci's got to pass the ball to Dr. Burks when it's Dr. Burks. Right. And, when, and then you got to pass it to the media when the media has a primary role. And, you know, mm-hmm. they, it, they, everybody has a role that needs to be put at the forefront. And what we're seeing right now with the president right now is stifling everybody it, can you imagine if phil jackson was like this is all about me right you know about about me. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know uh, the thing the championship game with against your lakers well when yeah. uh, michael jordan said phil jackson said to him in a huddle michael who's open and he said john paxton like well pass paxton the ball mm-hmm. they won a championship yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean and so right. yeah could i um, President Trump, pass the ball. Who's open? Pass the ball. Let the players play, first of all. <laughs> yeah, let the players, let the real players play. Yeah, yeah. We don't need yeah. the... Oh, there's so many nuggets. You're right. There's so many nuggets from... Yeah, and so I'm I, I don't. I'm not just looking at this as basketball because yeah. I'm going down memory lane. I lived that. I was a New York Knicks fan, and, you know, mm-hmm. I couldn't stand Michael Jordan and what he did to my Knicks. But I loved them at the same time. And so this is bittersweet. Yeah, oh, I couldn't stand him. Yeah, he, he made many nights rough for me in New York. But um, looking back now, I'm like, wow, all that it took for him to be this great, but the work ethic that they put in. They, the key word there they. is they. Yeah, right. they said when they lost to the, um, to the Detroit Pistons one year, the next day, the next day, they was back in the gym. The whole team was like, we're not taking a break this year because we're not losing against this team anymore. Man. Ooh, if our government yeah. can take 
that mentality. Absolutely. Just, I mean, I can't, like I said, I can't help it. I had to tie it in because it's just yeah, so. No, it fits so perfectly. <laughs> yeah, and, and I didn't want to leave this day without talking about it. Literally, it's in my face. And I'm yeah. sitting there watching and I'm like, wow, look at that. Look at that. Wow, look at that. You know it, what I mean? It, it's, it's a great series. Yeah. It's a great series. I'm ready to see the next one. Like, who are they going to feature next? Let's do this. Absolutely. Let's do this. Last <laughs> one's tonight. I, when the show's over, I'm going to get comfortable. I'll be in front of the TV watching it. So question. Yes. Goat. Michael Jordan, right? Yes. Not Kobe Bryant? No. Let's talk about comparison. Why, why Michael, not Kobe? Um, because Kobe bowed down, you know, because Kobe said that um, if you put me and him together, I'm going to pick Michael because there would be no me without Michael. He did say that. He yeah, did. Yeah, and the discussion then. If I bow, <laughs> if the man is bowing down, and no need to fight it. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, in some ways, that and that's honorable, and I love that humility, which is so uncharacteristic of early Kobe. No, you know, absolutely. like that is so uncharacteristic of, of early Kobe. But but I, it I, goes I, into his drive because he had he was exactly. built with the same DNA that you study a man to the point that he emulated his game so much, and he admits it. You know what I mean? That you can almost look at Kobe and say, wow, that was a Michael Jordan move. I could, I would watch games and be like, he got that from Jordan, that turnaround move he got. He learned, you know, some of the things he learned to read defenses. He he got that from Michael Jordan. You could see it. And so, yeah. he, you know, as great as he was, Mike is the GOAT. No, I mean, he's, he, is, he, is, he is. He's pretty awesome. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. And, you know, and the GOAT, just because he's the GOAT don't mean he got everything right. You know, he has some shortcomings. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. And which, but that's which, what makes us human. That is exactly what makes us human. And so. we get to do that. So. Uh, wow. Well, no, this is good. I, You know, good I can talk sports all day long. So, you know. <laughs> We should do a, a sports show soon, yes, you know, and should. just talk about sports and just argue about sports. Yes, yes. I've never I got my... had an argument about sports with a woman. That would be first. Yeah, because West Coast was where it's oh. at when I was growing up. So, Nick's No, Knicks. actually, no, it was the East Coast. It was the East Coast. We were no. the, we was the Bruises. We had to come to the East Coast to win the championship. Um, <laughs> the West Coast teams were bubblegum. That's funny. <laughs> it was back in the 90s. Tell me again what happened to the Knicks. Let's talk about that. What happened again? Yeah, we lost. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I just wanted to clear that up. You know, we lost a lot. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love it. But, no, there are so many parallels, though, between um, sports and you know, what's going on in the world. So, um, you know, we have done a show in the past. Um it really looked at yeah we, we just need to do it again we'll just, we'll just bring it back yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um especially because if you look at it um they are trying to figure out what to have what to do as well um yeah. you know the less contact sports are more willing to come back but the more contact sports you know they're trying to figure out how to do it so um you know maybe that's what we'll talk about next week yeah yeah because yeah let's talk about how we transition to coming out because clearly it's over in, in the minds of our government, so yeah. we'll talk about that next week. Yeah. You know, so. What does be entering the world look like? What does that look like? Yeah. All right. Well, um, we are wrapping it up, and um, we are here every Sunday from six to eight p.m. Um, and uh, you are interested in, you know, 
joining us for one of the shows, reach out to us and let us know. We might, might just let you on. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us on the live exchange every week here at Sunday 6 to 8, where we talk love, politics, and intellect. And remember, when we dialogue better, do better. We do better. All right. All right. <laughs> thank, yeah, thank you. Have a wonderful yeah. week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.